listening to episode 27, chapter 5 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Josh Larson. Josh Larson is the co-host of the radio show and podcast Film Spotting, author of Movies Are Prayers, and editor and film critic at Think Christian, a website exploring faith and pop culture. He's been writing and speaking about movies professionally for more than two decades. Josh's career began in the newspaper business, where he started out as a beat reporter for a weekly community newspaper and went on to become the film critic for the Chicago-based Sun-Times Media for more than 10 years. In 2011, he joined the Christian media landscape as editor of Think Christian, and in 2012, he joined the long-running weekly podcast Film Spotting, aired on WBEZ in Chicago. Every good parent wants to protect their children from harm, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional harm. And our lives are so complex, it's often hard to fully understand why kids respond in certain ways to certain events. So when we consider what our kids can watch or should watch, it's tough to work through all the variables and decide, should I let my kids watch this or not? In this chapter, Josh unpacks his approach to helping parents make this decision. It's not always straightforward, but there are a few guidelines we can use to help us keep our kids safe. Bringing it back to how we can um, grow as disciples daily and what the role that movies should play in our Christian lives, uh, we have to talk about how do you think that, how do you usually counsel parents when it comes to what their children could watch? You mentioned earlier there were rules in your house. We've talked about there were rules in our house. We've always got to have those, those rules, I think, early on to at least make sure that our kids aren't exposed to things that are either going to scare them or maybe take them too deep too quickly. So um, how do you counsel parents when they want to ask that question? Yeah, it's really tricky because you you just have to know your kid. And um, it's hard for someone to come in and say, well, here are the rules for all kids, because um, I, I have two daughters and each of them experienced as they grew up movies differently, you know, different things um, would trouble one that wouldn't trouble the other and vice versa. So so I think uh, it's more important to know your kid first than worry about some um, rule book on high um, that will give you the exact path. Uh, the other thing I would encourage is um, to expose them to a lot of different types of films very young so that they can start to become discerning as they get older and make choices for themselves. So that means and maybe this is a stretch for you yourself, um, but you might find out that you enjoy it. Watch a couple Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton shorts with them when they're little. Um, you know, get beyond Disney and start watching, though this is interesting because Disney basically distributes them now um, in the U.S., but Studio <laughs> Ghibli films like My Neighbor Totoro, uh, these Japanese app animated classics. Um, show them, you know, some some movies once they start reading with subtitles. And that way that doesn't scare them. Make sure they see movies in black and white so that that doesn't seem like something they can't ever imagine doing. Now you're probably asking, what does all this have to do with discipleship and, and how we should view movies with um, as Christians? And for me, it goes back to that posture. 
Um, what you're building then is a posture of appreciation. It's a posture of um, recognizing art as a gift, recognizing fellow human beings as um, creative creatures made in the image of a creative God. These are all very um, positive theological assumptions that if children grow up with, I feel like that's what they will seek out. And then when they start getting exposed to the trash, because believe me, they will. Um, if they, if I was exposed to stuff I shouldn't have been when my only option was a VHS player at the neighbor's house down the street, you better believe today when, you know, who knows what is screaming on somebody's Apple watch next to your kid, they're going to be exposed to it. So when they see that stuff, they will have the framework for recognizing what is good artistically um, and what is good for them as a, a growing young Christian. Uh, doesn't mean that they're going to never see anything they shouldn't. And I think here's where we also need to, as parents with kids, bring grace and let them know that, you know, if there's something you you watch that you don't feel good about, um, you're not doomed. Learn from it. Talk about why um, and move on from that. I think we can uh, the, the less we worry about drawing these boundaries and give the implication that you will. Um, be forever damned if you make the wrong choice. Um, I think that is the sort of freedom in Christ that that we should encourage in our kids. Yeah, and it comes from a good place. I mean, ultimately, this comes from a good place of wanting to protect our kids and not let them be exposed to anything. But sure, honestly, I'm also having like these flashes in my head of your book where you're talking about um, like these prayers of of longing or, or yearning where, you know, there's this loss of innocence that has happened. And so, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's almost like it's a, it's a complete circle in a lot of ways, because I think we do need to have some exposure to these ideas, because that is what life is going to be. And mm-hmm. whether we want to protect them or not, like, if we don't prepare them, life is going to hit them regardless. And, and so mm-hmm. we might as well do our job. And, and that's not to say just movies are the only way of doing it, but I, I just love the image of what you're talking about in, in the book of like this loss of innocence and exposing ourselves to what the world, the filth and the muck that sometimes exists out there. And we have to deal with that because it's going to come eventually, whether we like it and or not. And not in a way that, I mean, not, not to deal with it in a way that we have to be able to deal with that temptation when it hits us. But I mean, we're called to be ministers of reconciliation. And so we're going to have to represent Christ and his love and his grace to the people that are in that filth and that muck. Yep. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to, how are we going to come up, come up uh, in front of that and offer them hope and healing and love? Yeah. As well as, you know, experiencing some of that muck ourselves in our own lives and um, you know, working through that through a narrative in some way um, may be instructive or helpful when it hits us in reality. I I guess, you know, it's just a different way of thinking about what does it mean to be disciples, to be uh, out in the world. Um, It's one where we can, more that we can stand firm and be participants in culture, or do we think of being disciples as being cloistered and and kind of hidden and protective? Um, And again, I I think we see a biblical model of, of, um, being representatives separate in a way, but still uh, part of the culture that's out there. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking, I think it was Requiem for a Dream where you talked about where Jared Leto plays the, uh, I haven't seen the, the, the film, 
So I have to. Oh, that's a rough here. one. But but yeah, that you you describe it and you talk about it in the book, and so it, it makes me like again. I'm from a suburban white middle upper class family. I never had to deal with anything like that. But for me, those movies where there's sort of the artistic demonstration of what's going on sort of calls me to account to at least evaluate my own worldview and say, oh, these are what these are the expressions of what people in these situations are dealing with. What is my response as a Christian to the people in my community that are genuinely dealing with those issues? Sure. Can I be doing more? So this is where I think maybe if I don't have that prayer myself, it can we can hear the prayers and the cries of of these people expressed through these movies, and um, perhaps we can then begin to engage in being part of the answer. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the empathy experiencing having having that experience through film. You mentioned a minute ago that Christians were called to be creative. We we were created in the image of God, and and a lot of that creative calling comes through, and that's really what movies then end up becoming an expression of. Um, why are Christian movies often less popular, just downright terrible <laughs> that you kind of talk about? <laughs> um, um, yeah, I can, I have a pretty basic answer to this and it's that I'm not an authority on it. Cause I just don't see a lot of them to be honest with you. Um, and that's not, uh, I guess it is being snobby, but I, I don't mean it that way. It's just not the t- types of films that I'm necessarily interested in, nor I see so many movies too. I just have to prioritize other ones. Um, but from the ones I've seen, um, and it's probably been a couple of years now, so things may have changed. I, I think the majority of them are just made from a different impulse. Um, and it's not necessarily an artistic one, even though artistic choices are, are, um, are made in the creation of one of those films. Uh, I think the impulse is um, evangelistic would be the kind word, propagandistic would be the unkind word. Um, and so when you're trying to deliver a specific, really clearly sent message, a lot of times that's the death of art. Um, that's the death of creativity. And I think that's why they struggle to be considered a very good quality. Um, now, all that sounds very harsh, so let me back up and just say, of the ones I've seen, when I've seen them with these audiences ch- bust in from churches and so forth, I recognize that they have what I would call a devotional um, quality that is worth noting and appreciating. And, and by that, I mean, um, if a film functions for a um, a committed believer to go see and be affirmed in um, in their faith, and to see represented on screen, um, you know, the, the faith that they want to follow, I think that's all well and good. Um, I think that can be a, a form, uh, again, of of discipleship, maybe in a way, but also serve the purpose of a devotional. Um, I don't go to movies for that. I, I probably find that in other areas of my life. So that's another reason maybe those don't appeal to me. But I, I can recognize there is some value in faith-based films for that. I think the problem becomes in that a lot of times the people making of them, the people making them um, don't have that intent for them. Their intent is more evangelistic slash propagandistic. You know, that's actually an interesting point that I hadn't, I hadn't thought about with those movies because even some movies that I'll go see, they end up sort of like if there's a particular sort of agenda that they're really just trying to push, I tend to not like those movies as much because I just felt like I was 
I think propagandistic is a good word for for, for saying that. And so, but it, but it's odd because in some ways, that's kind of the point of a movie is to communicate a point. I mean, uh, along with entertain and and do all of that other stuff. So it is an interesting point though that I do find that a whole lot m- more offensive when coming to a Christian movie, or it just feels like I'm sort of being like talked at for 90 minutes. It feels like a sales pitch for the entire time. Exactly. It's like the difference between a feminist movie and a certain superhero movie, which will remain nameless, where a group of ladies gather together to save the day at a certain point. I mean, that that was the point of that scene, but that wasn't the point of the movie. Exactly. You didn't like like that shot, huh? I didn't Um, mind it. I didn't mind it. It was just... Well, I just felt (laughs) that it was... There was a whole lot. Of, it, it just took you out of the movie. I don't think it took plot, you out of the moment. I don't think the plot required that, yeah. and it was kind of like no, they, had to, they had to construct it. I think it's a good it. distinction to make. I mean, that same, um, you know, that that same point, if you want to call that, could have been made with in a montage that also wove in yes. other yes. characters, so that it would kind of accumulative. Like it's something you felt, but but it wasn't kind of like spit at you. Um, and and I'd also say, you know, I. I think the best movies don't necessarily have the point they want to make. I, I think the best movies probably um, ask more questions than give answers. And it's interesting if you talk to some of, you know, who are considered the most acclaimed filmmakers working right now, someone like, um, you know, Wes Anderson, my personal favorite, or even Paul Thomas Anderson, if you read an interview um, with them about, where they ever try to pin down what is your movie about, those filmmakers want nothing to do with that question because that's not necessarily what they made the film for. Um, And so the movies that I appreciate the most are the ones that either pose questions or just sit in mysteries. Um, And I don't think I have not, I've not seen many faith-based films, um, uh, but the ones that I have seen, none of them have done either of those things. I love that's a uh, really good point. I love Fiddler on the Roof for that. It doesn't really end with great resolution. It doesn't have a nice, neat, tidy package at the end. And throughout the entire time, throughout the entire movie, it's just this constant wrestling with tradition versus progress and moving forward into new culture. And there's yeah. no there's no answer at the end of that. Yeah, that's a good example. So I think I think I could guess the answer to this one, but this will be our last question. Do you think we need more Christian movies or better movies written by Christians? <laughs> um, if you mean faith-based movies by Christian movies, yeah. I mean, personally, as you can tell, I don't really—it um, doesn't bring a lot to me as a critic or as a person of faith. Um, I can see how others might feel differently and benefit from them, but yeah— um, I would love to see just committed Christians who get involved in filmmaking at any level and become one of those many creative voices that it takes to produce a film, even in its small independent film. So many hands are involved in that. Um, it'd be really cool. And I know that there are Christians doing that. There have been for you know decades in Hollywood. And I think there every year there are more who um, who are pursuing that sort of um, artistic experience. Josh, thank you so much for being with us today and helping us get our heads around how movies and uh, can become prayers and how we can engage in the culture in a way that I think most of us have not thought about before. Um, where can people go to find out more about you and to pick up a copy of your book? 
Uh, the book you can find, um, you know, in the usual big place. That's the easiest. But if you have a local bookstore, ask them too, because it might be there. Um, but yeah, that's movies, our prayers, and think Christian is the day job. So if you're interested in faith and pop culture and and how those two might meet, we have a website and we have a podcast. Think Christian. If you want to connect with me on social media, um, you can do that at Larson on Film, L-A-R-S-E-N on Film. Uh, but thanks to you both for having me and, and for your really thoughtful questions. Uh, this was a good talk. As parents, we must always be vigilant and discerning when it comes to what we allow our children to be exposed to. We want to protect them for as long as possible. We hope to raise them in a good Christian home and teach them right from wrong. We want to instill within their hearts Christian values that will guide them as they grow into responsible adults who follow Jesus. But how many of us actually have a plan for making this happen? Because they will eventually be exposed to them, we should have a plan to do it ourselves and in the right way. We don't want them to be exposed to them by their friends or in some other situation. So instead of sheltering them, We need to do, as Josh Larson suggests, and expose our children to many kinds of movies. Obviously, he's not counseling that we should show them everything all at once. Each kid is different and will have their own unique tolerance for new ideas and types of stories. But I like this idea of variety. It's easy to get comfortable with the Disney stamp of approval and only allow your kids to watch one kind of movie. Perhaps we should think about pulling out a movie like Old Yeller that challenges your kid's sense of everything will work out in the world. It's so common in kids' movies these days, and perhaps exposing them to new ideas would be a really good introduction into some deep thoughts. And then you could use those movies as platforms to dive into deeper conversations with them about life and faith in Christ and maybe how we can even go to God with our heart's deepest prayers. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Josh and his work, check out LarsonOnFilm.com. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to DailyGrowthDiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.